another episode of Off The Rails, um, the millennial podcast where we go off on tangents, talking all things music, books and what we're obsessed with week to week. Off The Rails is part of the Off The Record Network. I'm your co-host Madeline and here with me today is my co-host Imogen. How has your week been? Hello, um, oh my god it's been, it's been a long week. I ran a marathon this week. I I like binge watch marathon on Netflix. So take me through your marathon. <laughs> I'm still kind of a little bit in shock because basically um, back in January, I was kind of like, I always do this thing where I write a barrel, a barrel list, I call it. Like, you know, people have like a bucket list of what they're going to do with the rest of their lives. I have a barrel list, which is what I'm going to do every year. And it can be like weird things, like some things will be, I want to try this restaurant that I'm been to. So it'll be like a short one. And then some things will be like, be more mindful. And I'm like, well, that's kind of stupid because I can't cross that off, which kind of defeats the point of the barrel list. But this year I was finally like, I'm going to run a marathon because um, I have trained for two marathons with two of my friends when they were doing theirs, but I never actually did it. And it kind of felt stupid because I was doing all this training and it's, it's another light hours of training um so finally I was like I need to get something good out of this lockdown we're locked down again it's torturous um need to get something out of it so yeah I just basically took myself off and did it and that was the hardest thing about it was um the mental challenge of just like mentally like oh my god I still have like I think the hardest thing was like when I had like less than 10k left Usually, I think they'd usually have all the fans along the sides with the rays and like getting going. And I was like, just running by myself around Regent Park, like, just keep going, just keep going. At that point, we had like reputation on. <laughs> yeah, never what, again. But I'm glad I did it. What songs would you say made your ultimate marathon playlist to keep you going? Oh, good question. Um, I actually made like, it's a playlist called, I didn't call it Marathon, I called it Joy. Um, and Brooke Eden, her new music, which we can come on to in a bit. Um, what should I just talk about now? Um, amazing. Her track Sunroof and No Shade. And obviously Kylie Pierce Next Girl. Those three songs, I was like, this is just all I need right now. So yeah, it was, I can't believe it. How, how, how long was your marathon? How, how much? Four and a half hours. Oh my goodness. So, God, yeah. I still can't quite believe it. <laughs> that. Never again. How's your weeping after my long rant? My week's kind of gone past in a blur. I, I'm waiting for Easter break. That is my mm. of the end of the, the next couple of weeks. So, this past week's gone in a bit of a blur. I've started watching, um, I've got back into Netflix party and what's now called Telly Party. Um, I well, never have used it. Oh, it's it's quite it's good if you have decent internet connection. Mm. <laughs> um, so you'll share the link between all you and your friends. You each have to have your own Netflix account anyway, and you can all watch the same TV show exactly at the same time, all in sync. You have like a little chat box mm. where you can talk about it. Um, so me and my friend Lucy, we've been watching um, the Snowpiercer. 
Um, okay, I haven't heard of that, but I see it on the I saw it on the uh, old show notes and was like, oh. Yes, because um, it was originally a film a few years ago with Chris Evans, Captain America, loved mm-hmm. it. Um, and then they've remade it into a TV series um, with the lead actor being um, David Diggs from Hamilton. Um, and he fits the role really, really well. And I do like a bit of dystopian yeah. TV dramas anyway. Um, but we said that we binge watch it together. So I've been quite good this week. I haven't skipped any episodes about her. I hope she can say the same for me. Um, <laughs> it's when she's like, she doesn't react to something that happens in the show. And you're like, why do you not react? She's like, I have not seen this before. <laughs> but in the chat, we, I just see, this is the part where, oh no. <laughs> Um, but that's really cool. Um, and what have you maybe been reading this week after you were recovering and resting? Uh, well, I just started Pachinko, um, which I still recommend to me by so many people. And finally I was like, no, I'm going to read it. But it's quite a lengthy book. I think that's why it kept off to be honest. Um, I love it so far. It's so great. It's, um, I feel like I need to kind of, get more into it to be able to have actually a bit more to say about it. Uh, so it's a, it's a historical novel um, following a Korean family who immigrates to Japan. Um, and it's kind of just about the different characters, but I haven't, I haven't got far, far enough into it yet, but so far I love the writing and it was really like compelling and I'm really enjoying it. So yeah, should we get into our topic this week? Yes, so we are going, well, last episode we discovered quite heavily everything in life we thought was overrated. So we need... I was just crapping on things by the end of that podcast. Yeah, so we need to balance um, some things out and then we're going to see underrated. Yeah. Um, so let's start with um, books. What would you say your top underrated books are? This one's really difficult for me because... I find I to be honest, I'm really bad because I do follow a lot of like bookstagram. Well, not bad. I love bookstagram, so I feel like I'm always just I kind of like FOMO reading. I'm like, I need to read that because everyone else is reading it. But one of the books which I realise might it's just for me, it feels like I think it might be because we haven't had bookshops open, things like that, but it feels like it's flown flown a bit under the radar in the past few months, is the Smash Up by Ali Benjamin which I loved it was this like I think I might have talked about it a few episodes back but it was was that um redoing of the story of Ethan Frome which was written by Ethan Edith Wharton and I just thought it was really just it was just such an interesting take on kind of like the Me Too movement and like the reaction to Trump and I don't know there was just something about it that was just so readable but also funny but also clever and witty and I just thought it was great so that's one of mine um shall I go into another one or do you want to do yours um no no do another one so number one um um, most underrated book what's your number two um my number two was actually which feels a bit weird because obviously it was about on paper book club podcast pick but to be honest apart from that I hadn't really seen it on my radar very much which was if i had your face by francis Cha, which was a book about a group of women in korea um in seoul and um it's kind of about their lives and their interactions and their 
it's, it was just fascinating because it's just something that I hadn't re- I'm not really familiar with is modern day culture and career and I just found it really eye-opening and just I loved it I loved it I thought it was just so um just so engaging and each of the characters was so unique in it and they were all just like completely different to I mean the, the issues they're dealing with are so different to the cult, the things that we will we deal with as a, a British audience but still the actual characters would you know you see your friends in them does that make sense yeah yeah you can still kind of relate to it mm. it's still quite interesting um, how about you give your top two so I also have two. Mine is a John Mars book. I think I mentioned John Mars um, in the podcast last week because mm. of all the one has just been made into a Netflix TV show. Um, Which but, I ordered and it's coming to me. Oh, it's so good. But very different to a TV show. I'd still say, mm. I know a lot of book readers say this, but the book is so much better. So that's um, why I've decided I'm going to read it and come yeah. back to it, I thought. Yeah. Um, but I would say one of my top pick of most underrated books is an, a different book by his called The Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. Probably the darkest book that I've ever read. So might need to have some warnings about mm-hmm. suicide and about mental health. So um, good. it's called The Good Samaritan and it's basically based around the story of a lady who's a phone volunteer at um, the Samaritan's Charity and she's a bit of a hotline murderer. So instead of helping these people, she encourages them. Okay. And she murders them um, in that sense. And one of the people that she murders um, is a newlywed wife of someone. And he and the husband thinks, well, this is kind of out of behaviour for my wife. I need to find out what actually happened. I can see that she's got all these phone calls. Yeah. I need to see who maybe last spoke to her. Um, and it's kind of like this cat and mouse kind of game of um, trying to chase each other and outrun each other. Um, and I'd say that was very, very good. Very ITV drama-like kind of. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I, I feel like it should be a drama if it's not already. Yeah, so that was my number one pick. My number two is, so I've been watching Snowpiercer um, mm-hmm series this week but I read last year the Snowpiercer as the graphic novel so originally it's a French graphic novel obviously mm-hmm. translated because I did not take French as the GCSE um it was published back in the 80s it's published back in 1982 um by Jacques Lobb um and I'd say it's underrated just because I think as a whole graphic novels are quite underrated yeah it's one of those things that I mean you've clearly read one but I've just it's just a genre that I've just never got into I think because in my mind graphic novels are just comic books they're just like Batman things but hearing people talk about it I mean they talked about it on like the book right podcast and loads of things and I just think probably I should get into it because I feel like I'm getting a stereotyped view that is just so far from what it actually is yeah I think it depends on the storyline so things like there are certain graphic novels where I kind of sit there and I think this could just be a regular word written novel because there isn't a lot of dialogue um, and the lack of dialogue needs to be make, made up by more description. Yeah. But with um, Snowpiercer, I think because it's such an odd dystopian um, concept of the world's ended because of climate yeah. change, 
um, in order to balance out how hot it's got, they've tried to lower the temperature and they've lowered the temperature too much. It's now like minus 200 degrees. Um, so, it's, so it's now too cold to live on Earth. So essentially there's this train called the Snowpiercer, um, specifically a, hun um, a thousand and one carriages um, make up the Snowpiercer and it's this train that travels around the world. Oh, um, kind of acting as home to any billionaire who can afford a ticket. Obviously, there's been a massive um, uprising of people who aren't obviously billionaires. Yeah. They've um, kind of overthrown the last carriage, which is now called the tail, because it's the tail of the train, yeah. about how they kind of function um, with class, because there's still poverty classes, there's still middle and upper class. Um, so I think the graphic novel helped in that way, because the amount of detail to explain all these different carriages would have taken far too long, whereas the graphics in the novel just... It a bit quicker I can follow the storyline a lot clearer and think oh they're in this carriage now oh I've seen this carriage before oh it's this character because again there's so many characters as well yeah. um I feel like um last podcast when we spoke about the luminaries that should be a graphic novel and then that way I can keep up all the characters <laughs> I think that's I think that's probably like a good thing if your story is busy that's true actually if your story is busy maybe that's like a good way to kind of and also when you talked about the last week in the podcast they're all based on zodiac signs so I feel like they could have done some really cool graphic work with that exactly and like some graphic work is like absolutely stunning like I know there's that whole mm. saying like, don't judge a book by its cover but graphic novels but I guess correct me if I'm wrong but that's partly the <laughs> I guess the novelist has also got to be the artist because they do both in tandem right I think so sometimes I think it's teams okay are, like, I know that um like Airy Lloyd again that's not a graphic novel but it's a team of writers who write it husband and wife I think that's probably what happens a lot with okay where it's not just one person saying, well, I wrote all the, the speech bubble words and I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if you're like, this amazing novel came out and it's like, mine's the like writing in the top right corner of everything. <laughs> I guess um, it's kind of just life, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so that's underrated books. Mm. I have two more. You have, you have two more. Okay, what are your two more? Um, okay, so two. One was Savage Appetite which is a book about, um, which is probably one of my favorite nonfiction reads, which was about women's obsession with true crime. And it's great, but it's one of those books that I feel like was really picked up in the States and I saw loads of stuff about it over there, but I just don't think it's really, I've never, I haven't really seen it on any list. I might have missed that, but I did not really see enough focus on that book and I thought it was, it was great. Um, um so that one dealt with there was like a really interesting bit where this woman got obsessed with the Manson murders and she basically like moved into the house next door and like became friends with the family and then became like a spokesman for the family and it was it's really weird <laughs> um so that was one woman and then there was another one who kind of like um um basically was like writing letters to this guy in prison and like married him that kind of obsession and it's really interesting each chapter is about different kind of women and their different obsessions with it and it was just fascinating because obviously I think you and me both quite like their true crime from time to time have not taken it that far but it's interesting to see how that kind of slippery slope yeah because like I think like, I'll, I'll happily sit there and watch like the Ted Bundy tapes mm. like, how but I'm not going to be writing to Ted Bundy, Ted Bundy in prison Ted Bundy yeah <laughs> Ted Bundy did get married in prison he did 
Um, and I don't know, it's, it's very odd. Like I, I, I watch it more because I want to see how they've gotten to that state. Mm. How kind of works. I, My thing is like, I'm fascinated by the psychology of the mind. Like, it's yeah. not fascination, that sounds like almost like too, but it's, I like, like, if I was to ever have an interaction with a murderer, I wouldn't, my first question wouldn't be to be, oh, are you single? It would be, like, what's your full process of, like, I don't know, like, like, I just, I just really want to know how that happens. Like, like what? I know you're, like, a bad guy, but, like, come on. Like, there's a difference between a bad guy and a murderer. <laughs> Yeah, like a fuck boy and a murderer is a very different thing. Total opposites apart. Oh, I'm about to cut off my whiteboard. Um, yeah, but it, it was it was it's a good read if for nothing else other than just like it it I just found it fascinating. Um, so that was one, and my other one was a book which one of my best friends recommended to me called The Forty Rules of Love. Um, I might have got that wrong, but it might butcher that. And um, by Elif Shafak, which was just like. So I studied Middle Eastern history back in the day at university. And I've always loved kind of just like the Islamic culture. I just find it just, it's just beautiful and it's so rich. And there's just like the art is just incredible. Um, but this book kind of deals with, it kind of goes back and forth. It's this woman like reading this, like um, this work um, about the poet Rumi. And then it kind of just like, she almost says that it almost gets enlightened through this but it sounds very like almost magical realism but it's not and, and she kind of writes to the author and it's about their developing relationship and it's just it's just beautiful like it's one of those books that I've read and it's just like and I just have again I just one of those books that I feel like she is a writer that's had some attention or quite a lot of attention and she's written tons of books but that book hadn't become on my radar before I read it and I loved it so if anyone wants kind of like uplifting beautiful read I would recommend that um let's talk about music which I find is a really hot a harder category to do because underrated music I feel like usually it's like a path for me I'm like oh this person's famous right and then you realize that they're not and you're like oh <laughs> I didn't realize that and then at the same time, I don't want to be one of these people that, like, I only listen to people who aren't on the charts, like that kind of hip I stuff. know. And oh. it's, like, it's only because I, and also I'm, like, disclaimer, I only listen to people who aren't on the charts because I pretty much only listen to country music. I do listen to other stuff as well. But that's why I'm not listening to stuff on the charts because I'm, I'm in my genre, which is not really in the UK. <laughs> well, I've got, I've got a few. One of them mm-hmm. is, so I don't know about you, but if I ever read, like, in, like, a... Um, an area, an era-based kind of book, like if it's like a book that's based in the seventies or a book that's based in the fifties, mm-hmm. I have to listen to music when I read. Um, and normally, if I can't. I can't. And this is like classical music. Like at the moment, Bridgerton soundtrack is like the perfect accompaniment to reading. It's I can't even tell you how many times I've listened to that soundtrack. It's not even a long soundtrack. It's just because it's perfect for reading. Yeah, yeah, I'm very much like if it's like a general book, I have to listen to like some classical music or just mm. like um like Spotify lounge music uh, like in the background. Um, but I was reading last summer um Emma mm. Girls, which is based on again Char- um Charles Man- well it's inspired by the Charles Manson mm. one, but focuses more on the girls that have joined 
um, that cult more than Charles Manson, similar yeah. character. Um, so in my head, I was like, oh, I'll just listen to some like 60s and 70s music. But because I'm so familiar with those tracks, I was getting too distracted by them. Um, so I kind of needed something that was kind of along that kind of vibe, but something yeah. I didn't know. So I've been listening to Brian Dunn. Um, I now own every single LP that he has. Interesting. I've never heard of him. He's, um, again, he's very, he's a country artist. He's been around for a few yeah. years. He's never had that big mainstream hit i think from where he's not country pop kind of like broken yeah. um he's very mellow kind of country um not singing in the car country. yeah um so i'd say he's quite under- underrated because again he's an amazing lyricist um and just like his character as well like i follow him on instagram and i think i last year that when him and his wife got married they didn't get rings they got tattoo wedding bands Okay. And I was like, I was like, that's the kind of thing which I feel like me and you will find you, and everyone else was like, don't get that. Everyone's like, no. Um, and then my second one, again, kind of similar reason of mm. uh, he's kind of a country folk artist, very similar yeah. to yeah, I would say. Um, okay. You're a Klang. Um, I believe she's, she's from Sweden, which again, um, okay. I say Kitar, um, but I don't think they've been. I just don't think that she's under the same spotlight as First Aid Kit. Um, yeah, well, it's always one of the things is the first person to do it is always. Whatever happened to First Aid Kit? They kind of just like disappeared a little bit. Yeah, they've done. I know they've recently done like a tribute album, um, but um, I'm just never a fan of the tribute albums. Any tribute covers, I I, I get why they do it to kind of keep momentum up but I just didn't I'm just never been a fan of them I think um a tribute albums work if it's quite modern so I remember with mm. my 89 album um <laughs> I feel like that's gonna be one of the things in this podcast is that like every episode we just have to like just sniff around at some point oh I can't think of who it was I'll have to look it up Yep, um, so when Ryan Adams covered the whole album, I think that worked because it was still relevant. The album was still, the original Taylor Swift album was still dishing out singles when he did it, so it's still quite relevant. But with um, First Aid Kit, they are very, very folksy. Um, and I know they have um, a lot of, they take a lot of influence from like the likes of like Emmylou Harris um, and Johnny Cash. And mm. the tribute album to oh my god who is it they're really bugging now oh their tribute album um who by fire which is Mm -hmm. um um lennon cohen tribute i think this generation i only literally know hallelujah um so it's as relatable because Mm -hmm. they're doing an album um which i think only works if the people know who you're tributing to yeah um what about you, though? Who you think is underrated? My two. I had to think about this because, like, two. How do I, like, get it down? So my first one is Josh Kerr, who is actually, well, I guess it will be out by the time this podcast is out. Um, but he's doing a duet uh, feature track with um, my artist, Erin Jolie, um, which is literally, um, it's, it's, 
I'm just so excited about it. Um, so he is a producer, singer, songwriter based in Nashville. And I, anyone knows anything about me knows that I'm obsessed with this record. His debut record was called How Do You Remember Me? And it was just the most, it's just like emo, sad country music, but also kind of like more indie pop singer songwriter. But it's just like in your feels, like any song which you've ever, like, I feel like this is the song, this is the album that teenage girls need by sitting alone in their like car crying. It's just, but it's, it, the lyrics are so, so complex, so great, so thought through. So I just, you can't fault his lyrics um, and his production. So that's one. And he's, and he's got, um, he's been releasing a track a month. And honestly, everything he puts out, I'm like, I love it. I love it. Like, you can't do any wrong. And then a new record dropped on Friday. So it will, 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 it will already be out by this point. But Morgan Wade, who is a new Nashville based um, artist, she released her debut record called Reckless. And it is sort of rock fused with country, fused with just like a little, it's very gritty. Um, really loved that record um i just love the sound of it i think it's the producer did a flawless job um yeah and it's kind of like one of those records that very much sits apart from the nashville kind of like usual nashville polished sound and it's a lot more raw and real than that um i can't i don't know whether it will do very well on country radio just because it's just so gritty but um it's i love it so those are my two i think and okay so generally in life there are any other things that you view as underrated um oh just generally in life underrated we can do tv what is underrated in general oh that's such a heavy question <laughs> my mind's gone completely blank i can't think i think i think i've i think because we've I like, appreciate stuff more during lockdown. Yeah. Like I don't see meditating as underrated because so many people have hopped on that. Yeah. In um, just like just general health, I feel like people have kind of dived into more hobbies now. So they're like knitting yeah. anymore. <laughs> it's like all the things that you would put here now, people have been taken away from you. Yeah. Um. I think, I don't know, what would you say is underrated? Um, I've had two things actually. So um, one brand that I've recently fallen absolutely in love with is Never Fully Dressed. And I always see on Instagram, but I don't think it's like, it's not a big company. Um, I feel like it's massively making a smash recently, but I love their stuff. Everything I bought from there fits amazingly. It's not that expensive, but it's a bit more expensive. You feel like you're supporting a small business and the styles are just perfect. I just, I literally have loved every single thing and their customer service. I know it sounds stupid. Is I've never had customer service like it. It's literally like you'll like chat with them and they'll be like, all sorts of and I'm like, what? How are, they, how are they like so nice? It's a customer service. I don't understand. Usually customer service people like, you need to fill in this hundred forms and give me your order number and tell me the specifics of how you did this to order again. They're amazing. So that's one. 
And my second one was uh, Love Life, which came out last year, I think, with Anna Kendrick. And I just, again, like, I don't, I haven't really spoken to many people who've watched it, but I loved it. It was like each, it was very much with fans of Sex and the City. Each episode focused on, um, like a different relationship that the main character had, but like, so there was one episode on like her mom, there was one episode on like the best friend, but it was just so like, I don't know, like for any girl who's like single in a city, it was like the necessary watching. I loved it. So those are my two. I, I think I finally thought- I'll get off my soapbox now. I think- I, think, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think of one, I can only think of one, just in the like build up to the prep for mm-hmm. the world opens up again renting going out outfits i have not got on this trend yet i haven't either i, I need to a lot before covid was a thing mm-hmm. um because again it makes sense because there's so many and again this is what i think doesn't make sense where you get so many girls who are buy an outfit from pretty little thing or from like boobie okay not pretty little thing i'm, I'm usually buying like bougie outfits like really affordable outfits and then wear them out taking one photo say i cannot wear this again yes you can um so i think yes maybe, you can yeah, you can um so i think maybe renting outfits because there is some times where i'll buy something and i think um especially for like charity events or whenever I've gone to like a bit of a fancier place um for drinks got end up drunk either way at the end doesn't matter what I wear but I think renting something that's quite fancy instead of spending dollar dollar on something fancy makes a bit more sense for my bank account um and I think it's just a bit more eco-friendly like it's not supporting that fast fashion because you're still renting yeah quite that's true um and for a bit less dollar dollar I guess that's all underrated stuff. I kind of feel like I'm like now I'm gonna go and discover more stuff. And so what have you been reading slash watching slash listening to this week? What have you been your obsessions and things? So I finished reading this week um Mythos by Stephen Mm -hmm. Fry. Um because I've always wanted to get into Greek mythology, but there's Do you wait, do you listen to it or read it? I read it. Okay, because I bought it on Audible and I haven't finished listening to it. The Stephen Fry read read it on Audible. Is it? His yeah. Um, it just brings back my childhood of listening to him during the Harry Potter days. I love him. Um, so I got into it because I've always always had like an interest in Greek mythology, but it's mm. very track of the family tree, so to say, because. Mm-hmm. It's so complicated. Everyone's just rushing around like flyers in Greek mythology. Um, but the way he describes it, it's a lot easier to keep track of. He makes quite a lot of like modern references where he'll be like, this family's basically like the Kardashians. I'm like, I can imagine their personalities now. Um, where he dumbs it down, but not to like a Wikipedia simple English level. Yeah. Um, he just makes it a bit more relevant, which I really, really like. So I've also gone out and bought um, Heroes um, by Stephen Fry, which like, carries on. Oh, no mythology um storyline um and then i finally finished um leave the world behind um i like it the last time i was on this podcast with you, you you said oh i don't remember it having like so much references to sex and i was only halfway through and it just got more and more <laughs> and more and i was like it's amazing like 
I guess when I was just reading for myself, I kind of like, because obviously there are books that you read that are like super steamy. And because that kind of wasn't the point of this book, you kind of gloss over it. And then what you're left with was kind of the feeling of it. And I just just blot that out of my mind. Oh, it's awesome. I don't like when it pops up in books, but mm. it seems to be like a place filler for when like the extra, like the story was slow. So like they're still in, like, at one point, like they're still in the house. Um, and they're just like having dinner for the last time together, or presumably what's the last time together. And then it, it just like pans up to like the sun upstairs. I'm just like, I don't need to know this action. Um, just make this a bit of a smaller chapter and tell me if they're going to stay for dinner or not the next day. <laughs> um, but what I'm really, really looking forward to is obviously it's been picked up by Netflix and Denzel Washington's going to be playing um, the character of um, G.H. Washington. But in the book, um, the the wife of the white family that rented the house turns mm. round to GH and says, "You look like Denzel Washington." Um, so I wonder if they got play on that reference. They're still going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you look like Denzel Washington. Oh wait, that's because you are Denzel Washington. Yeah. Um, and he just turns around and goes, "You look like Julia Roberts." <laughs> um, oh so God. good read, very good read. Um, wait, who did you say it's been picked up by Netflix? Yeah, I think it's Netflix. Or it's been picked okay. up. You know, Judy Roberts is playing um, the female lead and mm. then Ben's playing um, G.H. Washington. Um, I'm not sure who is playing the other characters so far. That's okay. um, a stacked cast already, so I'd be excited for that one. Um, what about you? I So I finished, I had like a little like fluffy read because I love like a fluffy read from time to time, which was Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall which followed on from my love of red white roll blue by Casey McQuiston which really enjoyed it was just like a nice like kind of pa- palette cleanser as I say and then I read The Midnight Library by Matt Haig which was like I don't know yet whether I liked it or not like it was one of those books that so the premise of it is um it's a woman who basically wants to commit suicide she's kind of like feels like there's no hope left and she then has an overdose and then she goes into this like limbo phase which is like a, the midnight library where she gets the chance to read um read all these books that basically transport her into the lives that she might have led if she like had married that guy if she'd taken that job if she'd done this and it kind of like she was managed to eradicate each regret time by time but obviously this libraries are endless like there are loads of things there are loads of things um I don't I still don't know whether I loved it I kind of liked the premise but it kind of felt like in the middle it kind of felt like it was like oh, okay we've got to do another one she's got to live a long life you know like it was kind of like It was, I did like the way the the ending culminated and I liked the premise of it. I just don't think that, I think there was a bit in the middle where it kind of dipped a bit for me. Yeah. And it just didn't have that kind of like driving force. Um, I think it was well handled, like the way he talked about, you know, mental health and suicide and how people, someone would get to that stage. But I mean, I mean, just, I think probably what kept what I came away with is it was a hard read because it's a tough topic to deal with. Um, 
and I do think it's kind of an important book, but it was just it was just a tough one. And then obviously I'm reading Pachinko now. So yeah, what else have you been listening to or watching this week? Oh, what have I been listening to? Again, I have to pull myself out of listening to again mm. Swift, but only because she won it's just gonna be the buzzword isn't it i actually literally wrote down listening to taylor swift fault broaden my horizons past taylor swift um i've been listening to lana del rey because i feel like lana del rey has become a lot more poetic um so i've been listening to her new album um it's called um chem trials over the country club um which she kind of still continues at like glamorized like americana kind of image mm. uh, which i do like like it's it's, it's her brand basically yeah um, but i i don't know i just want to see like because she is so airy and dream puppy and so floaty i'd love to have a really really gritty line yeah that would be fascinating to see actually yeah but i think the grittiest that she's done is when she done the charlie's angel soundtrack like call me angel but even that mm. when was her part and she done the bridge it was still very light and flowing airy mm-hmm. and i'm just like show me some teeth like i just want like, a bit more harsh for her just to see yeah. her, maybe yeah. what have you been listening to i listened to the, that morgan wade album which i really like um and brooke eden I just really like those teeny tracks. It was just, they're just so summery and light and just so enjoyable, which I feel like I need right now. So those two. And then I watched the college admission scandal documentary, which was really good. It was very differently done. Like I've never seen a documentary done like that, where they basically had taken the wiretappings from all the conversations that have been had, which the um, FBI got hold of. Um, and used them as basically the script for then the actors to read. So it was kind of like a documentary, but with actors. And it was really cleverly done. I really enjoyed it. Oh, I love that. Because like, I see today on Facebook mm. that it is the year anniversary of Joe Exotic Tiger King documentary. Um, and yep, so um, it's been a year. And now Lou Through has now announced that he's now going to be doing his own um, take on Tiger King. Um, and what I really want to see in this version is in Tiger King, I think they focus a lot on the Joe Exotic versus um, the Cat Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Um, to other zoos about their kind of take on it. And there was one zoo yeah. who was basically running a bit like a female cult and they kind of skimmed over it. There was so many bits where I was like, I feel like it's just a weird ass world that like I don't understand it. It's just like I know. It is because I really like I really from reading about it afterwards, you did I then get a bit more context of um mm. like the whole thing of, of he'd be a policeman, he had faced a lot of um, abuse about his sexuality, he then tried to take his own life, and then he then led into buying his tigers. Yeah. I feel like if they had expressed that I would have had like a different perception of him different take on him yeah yeah I think I would have understood a lot more of why he was married so many times why he had so many partners or why he felt the need to have so many partners Mm. um even if he knew that they didn't love him that same way um yeah makes you feel a bit sort of more empathetic towards him yeah interesting well 
I think that's kind of it for this week, isn't it? Yes. Well, okay, so let's just, um, where can people find you? So people can still find me at, only on Instagram at the moment. I only really like Instagram. Yeah. So I need to maybe get a Twitter, but I express... I'm, I'm a lot on Instagram, girl. Yeah, I just prefer... I feel like Instagram can just be a bit more playful. Mm. Um, so you can find me at hey underscore it's Madeline. Um, also, weirdly enough, I didn't, I realised literally the other day, I was like, why am I not following Madeline? She was like liking my photos and I was like, that's good. Now you can see all the pictures of me and my cat. <laughs> um, and you can find me on Imogen at Marshall or on all platforms at, which you can find at offtherecorduk.com. Have a great week, everyone. Bye.